on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is The Back Post. Joe Sullivan with you on this Friday morning. Friday morning, I should say. Time to talk all things football. And we're going to start with the Champions League and Europa League. Let's recap what happened uh, just a little while ago this week. Manchester United, they've had a dogged season. Uh, their manager, Moyes, under a fair bit of pressure. But Robert Van Persie, you can't deny his quality. Van Persie finding a seam. Was there enough contact? The referee says yes. For Manchester United, Van Persie does it! Hope very much alive at Old Trafford. So not once, but twice. Just one additional minute at the end of this first half. Away goes Wayne Rooney. Second bite at it. Delivers the cross! Van Persie for Manchester United! It's been a perfect first half for David Moyes' men. And so that second goal from Robert Van Persie put them two all on aggregate with the Olympiacos. And then the man did it himself again. A hat-trick for Robert Van Persie. Van Persie, the right foot of Rooney. It is Van Persie! Hat-trick for RVP! And Manchester United's season potentially reborn! And the man who might be able to help decipher... Whether the fact that Manchester United season might be back on track, Frank Vincent, good morning. Hello, how's things uh, down under today? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Man United, the, De- the Red Devils, uh, they're in a little bit of trouble heading into that fixture with the Olympiacos, but uh, as we mentioned, Robert Van Persie's hat trick, he's changed all of that and they're through to the next round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, look, um, it was a fantastic effort, there's no doubt about it. Van Persie scoring that hat-trick in 27 minutes. He'd been off the boil for a while. He came back, you know, he had that horrible injury midway through the season. So, you know, they really needed him to click into gear uh, coming from that 2-0 deficit from the uh, first leg in Greece. So, you know, certainly hats off to him. But for me, you know, the man of the match was uh, Gixi. Well, you know, 40 years of age and five months has been sitting on the bench for most of the season, so fitness was certainly going to come into play. Playing his 140th game uh, for the Champions League and going on there and just controlling the midfield. Like, those first two goals were from Van Persie were because of pinpoint accurate passes from um, Giggsy. Uh, so, you know, that, that penalty, it was the stupid move that was made by the Olympiacos defender was because he had no other option because he he had no chance of getting the ball because it was so perfectly delivered. So, mate, let, let, let's also, uh, you know, while you're patting Van Persie on the back, let's not forget Dixie for his masterful role in the midfield. Uh, he was just sensational. I mean, in, these are the games where you really need the experienced players coming to the fore, and Dixie uh, delivered with interest. So, uh, mm. for me, um, as I say, I admire what Van Persie did, but uh, certainly the accolades in my book uh, go to Ryan Giggs. Uh, but, mate, look, oh, you know, I'm not sure if Man U's going to go on from it. You read all this thing, this season's reignited and all, all this. Can they go on from here? I don't think they can. Well, let's I mean, go through uh, some of the other they, results. That's because one uh, good game, and they did it mainly for their fans. You check mm. every single quote after that match. They all said, we owe this one to our fans. Absolutely, they did. Well, let's quickly go through some of the other results because we're not quite sure who will play who just yet in terms of uh, the next mm-hmm. round of the Champions League. But Chelsea, 3-1 on aggregate over Galatasaray. 
Yeah, Gareth Hathaway, very disappointing. I mean, there was more emphasis on the return of Didier Drogba than anything else. And, well, they were very disappointing. I was expecting that, you know, typical late Turkish charge that always seems to happen from a Fenerbahce or a Galatasaray. But they really were toothless tigers. You've got to hand it to Chelsea. Um, you know, Mourinho's got them firing. That high-pressing game that they play, it works a treat. And uh, never really looked in danger, did it? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure, though, if Chelsea are going to go on from here either. Man, I think you can wipe out the English clubs at this stage when it comes to the quarterfinals. Well, that leaves us with uh, Bayern Dortmund who are through and Real Madrid and uh, they can't stop scoring at the moment. Yeah, look, the, 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 I think Madrid is certainly, um, well, both the Madrid, sorry, I've, I've been calling them the merciless Madrids, um, <laughs> as we saw, you know, Atletico Madrid just tore apart AC Milan. I just can't see Clarence Seydorf lasting there much longer. He's too nice a guy. They need a bit of mongrel in the coaching bench there to uh, get that team under control. So it was a 4-1 win. Um, I, I, you know, Atletico Madrid were never going to get beaten by AC Milan. As I was saying last week to Francis, if they can keep those forwards fit, those three key players of Vila, um, Garcia and uh, Diego um, Costa fit, I think they can make the final. I still just don't think anyone's going to beat Bayern Munich. They're so slick, they're so good. But uh, Real Madrid, on the other hand, also coming good at the right time. Unbeaten, like Atletico Madrid in the group stage, uh, scoring so many goals. In fact, it's, it's the big number nine with Real Madrid at the moment. 9-1 on aggregate um, against Schalke. Uh, they, uh, they won their group by nine points, and they've won the title nine times. So I don't know where that's leading with the number nine for Real Madrid, but they're looking dangerous, aren't and yeah, they certainly are, and maybe it's a bit of a John Lennon revolution number nine. Uh, also, <laughs> this morning in the uh, Europa League as well, uh, you mentioned wipe out the English clubs. Well, that's exactly what happened to Tottenham, Benfica getting the better of them. Yeah, oh, look, you know, I mean, uh, that's not a surprise for me. Benfica, what a, what a great team they are. Beautiful football. In fact, another thing I mentioned at the beginning of the season, I hope they go all the way in a competition, in one competition this year. I don't care which one it is, because last year they lost three cups in two weeks. So um, I, I just felt sorry for them. But they, they, they're a great team. And, um, you know, they got a lot of stalwarts in there that are still giving them great service. Last week they were clearly better than, um, than Tottenham in, in the game in North London. And I, I still haven't found out what's the drama between Sherwood and Jesus. Uh, or Jesus, obviously, if he's real, you're Jesus. But they, they, I don't know if you noticed it, but they didn't shake hands at the beginning of the game. They had to be pulled apart during the game uh, to stop each other from uh, throwing punches at one another. And they didn't acknowledge each other at the end of the game. And they, they've done the same tonight. So I don't know what their history is. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good bite of Tottenham. Um, but, mate, from a Dutch point of view, RZ Alkmaar are through beating Angie Makachkala. That's the team that, of course, was playing Samuel Etoa a million a week <laughs> last season or two. Uh, and uh, Juventus have had pretty good games tonight, in fact. Uh, yeah. uh, I've been really enjoying the uh, the competition tonight. Uh, and, mate, Salzburg, what, they played Ajax um, in the last round. They are a very classy team. Suriano, their striker, he won't be there for much longer. He's definitely on his way to a glamour club. Yeah, uh, I think they play uh, B- Basil uh, very shortly, I think. Yes, uh, well, at the moment it's uh, 2-1 to Basel, can you believe it, in the 61st minute. Oh, there you go. So, uh, on, on delay, <laughs> back here in S- So we're mm-hmm. a little bit on delay here in the studio. <laughs> Right, yes. It's a long way, maybe. And I think, uh, um, what, yes, Porto, as we speak, 
Caputo has just taken the lead over Napoli, uh, 2-1, for courtesy of a Charisma goal. Uh, so it uh, looks as though um, Porto might be going through at this stage with two away goals. Yeah, that's looking pretty good. Beautiful. Well, Frank, uh, so, we, better, um, we better wrap it up there, mate. So thank you, New Kinder, for your time mm-hmm. and for the live score updates. Very much appreciated. I'm sure the UA fans are uh, celebrating with that, and we look forward to uh, hearing how the draw goes for the Champions League as well. But for the time being, Frank Vincent, thanks so much for joining mm-hmm. us on the program. Not a problem, mate. You look forward to that draw tomorrow. It's an open draw, so, you know, Spanish teams can go against Spanish teams and, like, uh, there's no protection. Uh, it's, it's an open slider. So that's at noon European time, so I think that's about 10 p.m. your time tomorrow night, the big draw. Look forward to it. Thanking you, Frank Vincent, there joining us to talk the all things European Champions League. This is the Mac Post as part of ABC Grandstand Breakfast. On ABC Grandstand Digital, this is the Back Post. Joe Sullivan with you on this Friday morning. Uh, back post is part of ABC Grandstand Breakfast where we talk all things world game and football. And time to check in with Adelaide United. They've got a big match tonight up against Sydney FC at Hindmarsh Stadium in Adelaide. It's fifth versus sixth. Just a point that separates between these two teams. And the assistant coach and high performance manager of Adelaide United, Paul Marti, joins us on the line. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. How are you? Going very, very well. Paul, let's briefly talk about the match and we can then talk about your journey with Adelaide United and the Spanish connection now with uh, with the Reds. But firstly, tonight's match, as we mentioned, it's fifth versus sixth. There's just a point between yourself and Sydney FC. And I know right throughout the season, uh, manager Josep Gombal has talked about the fact that uh, there are sort of no real expectations on where Adelaide United should finish. But given the recent good form... How important is a win tonight for Adelaide United? Well, of course, we our first target this season here was to build uh, this way to play our style, and and this is what we are working every every week. But uh, of course, it's, it's true that we want to win every every single game, and the games like like the game that we play tonight, where where is in the in the table is so tight. It's very important to to get the the three points to to have confidence to. To the end of the season. So for us, it's important to to have a win, but we cannot forget what what we try to achieve here is to play on a certain way. Mm. Have the expectations of Adelaide United changed throughout the season, particularly with uh, there was a, a nice streak of uh, games where undefeated, several wins. Have the expectations changed at all as the game has developed and the players have adapted to it and become more comfortable with it? Yeah, of course, of course. At the end, when when you practice something every day, is the, the players get used to. And now I think they have a more more idea about what what we need to do in every every single moment in the in the pitch. And and of course, maybe the the last results were not good, but we need to think also that we are we were playing in a, against strong teams uh, and away. But we are quite happy about uh, the way that we are still playing. Mm. Well, fingers crossed from from your point of view anyway that Adelaide United come away with a, a win tonight. They've uh, been one of the teams that's uh, certainly attracted a lot of attention throughout uh, throughout the season, playing with lots of flair. So I'm sure the Adelaide United supporters will be there in force tonight for a big match against Sydney. Now, Paul, I want to I want to talk about a little bit about your journey in arriving at Adelaide. Uh, as I understand it, uh, you came to the Reds after uh, Josep laid down the law he says my assistant is is coming with me how have you how have you found the journey so far as we head towards the pointy end of uh, this a-league season no it's good it's good uh, i came here because uh, we were working together with Giuseppe in, 
in Hong Kong and as well in Barcelona. And we will enjoy a lot the the season. And I uh, hope, hope we can stay longer here and keep working in the same way. Mm. And have you found the, the lifestyle? Obviously, you spent a lot of time in Spain. Are there any comparisons with Adelaide? No, look, the 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 city here is is, uh, is very nice, very quiet place, and, and the weather is similar than what we can find in Barcelona, um, just opposite the the winter and the summer. But uh, but it's quite quite similar, so it's not not big difference. Mm. And as we mentioned, uh, there's certainly a, a blueprint that uh, yourself and Joseph Gombau are looking to put on the first team or the first team in the A League. But as I understand it, there's now a real development pathway. Uh, for the junior teams uh, to start playing the football that Josep wants the first team to play. And as I understand it, uh, there's a team heading over back to Barcelona uh, next month. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big tournament in, in in Barcelona in Easter. Like uh, for the last 10 years, they, they have been doing that, which uh, most of the best teams in the world used to play there. And we thought it's a good opportunity for the, for the youth, youth team to go there and have the experience. And at the end, what we want is to to build this from from the beginning, from the youth ages, because it's when you can get more more success. Uh, we can we can start with the pro team, with the seniors. But uh, if the young players they they used to play like this and train like this from from the young ages, is is even better. So that's mm. our target too. And, and how did this opportunity come about? I, I'd imagine that it's a bit of a almost a coup for for a team from Australia to be playing in this tournament. No, look, it's actually it's, it's a very very big tournament. It's international tournament. You you can find uh, teams from all over the the world. So so it's not big big uh, news for them that the Australian team is going there because they have teams from everywhere. And at the end, what we look for is to to play strong games against strong opposition and and the experience for the players. And, and is this something that is likely to happen every year? Yeah, of course, why not? Uh, this kind of tournaments is, is the, the things that they can uh, help us more to, to improve. Uh, sometimes you can uh, play a lot of games uh, in the local competition, but sometimes you need to go outside to see how is the level and how you can improve. So so if we can do it, we'll do it uh, every season. Fantastic. Well, uh, uh Fingers crossed, uh, like I said, we're, uh, fingers crossed for, for the game tonight against uh, Sydney FC. Uh, it should be an absolute cracker. Both teams are, uh, uh, I'd say, almost evenly matched, particularly now that Sydney have uh, backed up their defence. One quick question on the game. Is there any particular area that you'll be looking to target in terms of the way Sydney play? No, look, uh, Sydney is a strong team that uh, is very competitive and uh, you can see the last two games that they got four points against uh, the top teams. And uh, what we need to focus in is in, in keep playing in our our style, and uh, I think that we will have chance if we if we play like this. And what we need to do is to be confident from the first minute to the end to that we can that we can uh, score and we can keep playing our our way, and uh, and hope that the people that come to support us today can can support this. Well, pal, all the very best for tonight. We uh, wish you luck, and we look forward to uh, touching base again sometime soon. Okay, thanks. Thank you very much. No worries. Paul Marti, Adelaide United Assistant Manager and High Performance Manager for the Adelaide Red. On ABC Grandstand Digital, this is The Back Post.
Joe Sullivan with you on this Friday morning as part of ABC Grandstand Breakfast. This is the Magpies where we talk all things the world game, football of the round variety, and joining us as part of the ABC Grandstand team in Adelaide, the caller of tonight's match between Adelaide United and Sydney SC is Lucas Fonted. Good morning, Lucas. G'day, Joe. How are you going? Going very well, thank you, my friends. And, uh, of course, um, I mentioned a part of the grandstand team, but also a contributor to uh, ABC Online with the 891 ABC Adelaide uh, website writing a, a weekly post about the world game, uh, often touching on uh, Adelaide United, of course, being the city that you're from. But uh, the build-up to tonight's clash, it's uh, fifth versus sixth. Uh, a lot of talk about Sydney and their inconsistencies this year. Adelaide, as we've talked about uh, previously in the show, uh, have come to terms with a, with a new game plan under Josep Gombau. In Adelaide, what's the build-up been like to this uh, crucial clash? Well, look, it's actually been fairly quiet considering, you know, the Alessandro Del Piero factor. Last time around, we saw a crowd of around that 15,000 mark, which is kind of reserved for the, the big games against the, the rivals, Melbourne Victory and, and, the, and the like. But um, certainly we had a, a massive crowd last time around. But this time, it's been, it certainly has been a lot more quiet. Um, I suppose there's still that expectation, given the form that Adelaide's been in there, they've been actually performing pretty well under that new game plan that you mentioned. But for some reason, um, sitting at six and still a chance of dropping out of the top six and, and missing out on the finals despite all their top form. And, and really, I suppose that's, that's all what the A-League's all about this year. You've seen you know, Brisbane still at the top of the ladder looking fairly comfortable despite their performances not really being up to the, the standard that we've seen in the last few years. But still sitting comfortable at the top and then sides like Adelaide and and uh, others around that mark sort of dropping in and out with a, a few really good performances but not really putting them consecutively on the board and, and staying up the top there. So as I say, both both teams really could be as low as eighth on the ladder after this round if results go against them. So getting the three points with only four matches remaining is, is pretty pretty big at this stage in the season. It, it is pretty crucial. Uh, in terms of the, the home crown advantage, we know that it's, uh, a lot of the Adelaide supporters are quite fanatical and quite parochial about their team. Uh, I know this might be a bit of an easy question, but do you think that gives the Adelaide side a bit of an advantage uh, with Sydney FC? A lot of conjecture about Sasha Ognanovsky possibly leaving the club as well as Alessandro Del Piero? Yeah, I, I sort of read up about that, Joe, and, and I noticed that they were saying that there was about 12 Sydney players that were still out of contract. Um, so no negotiations underway at the moment and, and still looking for a contract for next season. And I wonder sometimes whether, you know, knowing that your, your future's not secure, whether you sort of play out of your skin a little bit to try and make sure that you do earn that contract. But um, in saying that, yeah, the, the home, gr- home ground and the home crowd always seems to help Adelaide. They've gone for, I think it's seven home matches now without a loss. Um, five wins and two draws and, and playing some pretty brilliant football and home crowd, you know, always gets pretty vocal. And then even if you get sort of six or 7,000 there, it sounds like 10 or 12. And um, I suppose you see guys like Geronimo Newman, who seems to fancy playing at home. He, he seems to always score in Adelaide, only probably two, two goals outside of Adelaide at the moment. But um, look, it's, it's one of these things. Tonight's conditions don't seem to favour either side. If, if it goes on as it started today here in Adelaide, it's pretty chilly, a little bit of rain, um, and we saw what happened last week. Adelaide played the Wanderers up in Parramatta Stadium, and it was pretty atrocious conditions there, and it didn't really suit Adelaide's game style, which is heavy on possession, mm. um, a lot of a lot of passing along the ground, and, and it didn't really suit having that wet pitch. Yeah, absolutely, and I think to, to get out of a draw from an Adelaide point of view, that was certainly uh, beneficial. Uh, I suppose the, the, the question is, uh, Fabio Ferreira came off last week with, a, with an injury from an Adelaide point of view. Any word on whether he's fit? Not at this stage. He's been named in the side, and um, at this stage we're still expecting him to line up, but 
um, you know, you never, never know because he, he did cop a, a fairly nasty whack across the chops as well by Adam Deputzo and you never know how you're going to pull up uh, the following week and I suppose you want to take every precaution with any type of uh, head knock, I suppose. Um, other than that, I suppose when you look at Sydney's side, if you pretty big in to have Alessandro Del Piero in, and he's been, he was rested last week in that, that draw against Brisbane. And it was a pretty good result for Sydney as well to get a one-all draw over in, uh, against Brisbane. But I suppose Brisbane went down to 10 men and always looked like they were probably going to win if any side was going to win. So um, that's just what they do. But Sydney to come away uh, with a draw against Brisbane without Alessandro Del Piero being rested up. He's got a bit of hamstring soreness and you probably get that when you're heading towards 40. Mm. Um, but for some reason, those old legs, they just keep chugging along. Um, and they're saving him for the last four rounds when they've got some more winnable matches, I suppose. And, and they're really steadying their, their focus on, on winning those four matches and making sure that they do get a spot in the, in the top six. But I suppose if you look back to the last time these two sides met over in Sydney, Joe, um, there, there was all sorts of calls for Farina out. Um, supporters it was ex- leaving the stadium. Yeah, it was an extraordinary was match. There was banners, uh, not only against Farina, but the owners as well, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, the hardcore supporters went out at half-time and spent the second half chanting. Extraordinary scenes. I can't think of anything like it. No, certainly not in the A-League. And, and it's just, I, I really can't see, I can't put my finger on how they've turned it around or what they've done to, to sort of quiet the supporters down. I know there's been a few fan forums and um, a, a little bit more communication with the supporters, which is always important from those... Uh, in the uh, power, <laughs> with the power in the clubs, but certainly um, on the pitch, the results haven't been too bad for Sydney. And if they can sneak into the finals, I suppose Farina's job looks a bit more secure. Well, a win is the perfect tonic, isn't it? And uh, they've won a, f- a couple of matches and uh, got a couple of important results away from home, as you've mentioned as well. Uh, quickly tonight, in terms of all things on checks and balances. Uh, asking you to put it on the line here. How do you expect the game to pan <laughs> out and uh, maybe even give us a result? Well, Adelaide normally comes out of the blocks firing, especially at home. Um, they try to catch a team with an early goal within the first 15 or 20 minutes. And, and for me, looking at some of the stats just yesterday, uh, I noticed that Sydney seems to concede a lot of goals um, in that sort of uh, that time frame between the 15th minute and about the 30th minute. So um, if they can prevent that sort of lapse and, and prevent Adelaide scoring, then they'll go, go a long way to staying in the match. But for me, I think um, Adelaide, they need to start playing some some more consistent football and finding the back of the net. They seem to score all the time against Sydney in particular. Um, so for me, I think there'll probably be a few goals in this. Maybe a, a 2-1 result would be pleasing on the eye to the supporters and probably what I'm expecting. No worries. Well, Lucas Fonte, thanks so much for, for joining us on Grandstand Breakfast. Tim, go well with the call tonight. Uh, wish you all the best and uh, we look forward to hearing the call on Grandstand Digital this evening. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, join us if you can. No worries, we look forward to it. And also you can check out Lucas Fonten's musings on the 891 ABC Adelaide uh, ABC online page. Each weekend, ABC Grandstand brings you all the action of the A-League. But if you missed all the action from your side's last round, never fear. We've got you covered with A-League replays. Grandstand Digital Replay. Replay. Tune in for full match replays every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday on Digital Radio ABC Grandstand. Grandstand Digital. For broadcast details on Grandstand's coverage of the A-League, check out the Grandstand broadcast schedule online.